We welcome Linton with us this morning. Uh, Linton is an artist and storyteller who travels the nation uh, sharing uh, about you know, the love of God and uh, he shares in many contexts. He'll, he'll fill us in a, a lot more with what, what he does there. But um, yeah, he comes highly recommended uh, by a number of people on staff here at Mosaic and, uh, and now I'm one of them. So uh, I'll hand it over to you, Linton. Thank you. I came in as the musicians were um, warming up and practicing uh, for the for the for this morning, and I have often toyed with this idea as they, I don't know, if they do sound checks here. Does this sound right? Is it coming through? I've often thought of setting up my artboard and doing a colour check. Does this does this look blue enough? Does this is this the yellow that we need? Um, well, I've never done that. But look, it's it's good to be here, and I, I bring a, a greeting from uh, Reese. Uh, Reese and I go way back. We both went through the same theological college in uh, Queensland and even though we've um, lived in different states at different times, uh, we've sort of kept in, in touch. Um, but I am a Queenslander, but I now live in, in Victoria in Melbourne. But uh, as um, you heard briefly, I, I do travel uh, throughout Australia and uh, it's good to be in, in the ACT. Um, I am a Baptist minister by training, but I'd like to begin with a painting that takes me back to where there was a big kind of life change for me and that was, uh, I guess, a growing sense over 10 years of going through college and then ministering in different churches, just a sense that uh, for myself uh, and my wife and our, our young family that God was kind of stirring within us and calling us to to step out literally onto the road and to find a way to share the things that we value and that we celebrate and that we uh, focus on and teach in uh, these settings and communities of faith, but to take them out into, in a missional sense, into other parts of Australia where uh, many people just would not even think about um, kind of taking that first step if they were considering anything spiritual to sort of step into a, into a church. And there's, there's all sorts of reasons for that, but I really wanted to go to the places where people normally gather and where they feel non-threatened and to bring something colourful and creative and for me that was through art and storytelling and so the place where it did begin was at Burley Heads. We lived on the Gold Coast and it was a tough life uh, having to deal with with the, the surf and the beaches and the sun and all of that but Nonetheless, uh, I can still remember one Easter as we had just sort of finished a whole lot of series of Easter services through that weekend, uh, just driving home and uh, just looking at all the people down along the foreshore and the different headlands and the parks, um, celebrating Easter in their own way. And that was uh, many of them just with family and friends and gatherings, uh, picnics and uh, just playing sort of uh, football in in the parks and surfing, lying on the beach, all of that, and I, I just realised that for me, this is, uh, I just, uh, the urge was, I want to be among them, and I want to be there uh, sharing something of God's, uh, something of faith, hope, and love. Those are the three things that I, I felt uh, strongly called to share in those contexts, and that for me, art and storytelling was the way that kind of 
I best have found that I connect with people and that it opens up all sorts of doors. And so we stepped out for a, a year to give it a try and to evaluate it at the end of the year. And 30 years later, we're still kind of doing that. So that brings me to, um, to, to yourselves. And I'm really just going to be adding some colour and just adding a bit more to this painting as I just share a few of my thoughts and hopefully you'll come on the journey with me and you'll understand where I'm going to be leading you and guiding you. I have found that uh, for me it takes me into, I throw my net very wide, so I work in preschools and kinders, I go into uh, all the different levels of schools, uh, I go into hospitals and prisons, I go into uh, markets and festivals uh, and I go into um, new age festivals, uh, all sorts of places where I set up my workspace that looks like this and even though I do things that you would expect an artist to do, I do paintings that do go on walls and I do murals that kind of stick on walls and I do prints and cards and those things but my prime, uh, my prime time and my energy goes into doing it live, taking art off the wall and doing it live in front of people. So I tend to work very quickly and I work with a medium that's called soft pastel and as I'm doing that, I, I, I tell stories. And uh, it's just a way to, as I said, just to get people to stop, to look at something a little bit uh, from a different perspective, to enjoy the process and hopefully go away with not just a visual but a, an audible sort of memory of uh, what it was that I was trying to, to share. Um, I, one of the things that I have kind of realized over the years, I, I didn't really sort of set out to do this, but I, I realized that most people in Australia aren't, or going to an art gallery, uh, it could be different here in the ACT, but going to an art gallery or an exhibition is really not high on a lot of people's priority, unless you've been kind of got a particular interest in art yourself, or whether you've been dragged along by a friend, or whether you just really like the cheese and the wine that's offered, you know, at, at opening exhibitions. But I realise that even when you go to an art exhibition or a gallery, what you are looking at is you are looking at the finished work of art. Very few artists are comfortable for you to be in their sacred place, in their secret place of creating that uh, piece of art, whatever it is. Um, they, they, that's their space. They want to then just for you to admire, to enjoy, to, to interpret, whatever it is, the, the finished thing. Now, I know that my art is, in a sense, never going to end up in the National Gallery. Um, I got over that disappointment a long time ago. But I do, enjoy, I do enjoy taking art off the wall, as I said, and actually giving some people, perhaps the first time in their lives, a little glimpse of the process that's involved. How you begin with a, a, an empty canvas and how you start to... Sort of, and it's, I, I often talk about layers. It's all about layers. Just trying to find the right colour here. Um, and as you add the colours and the layers and the detail, the picture sort of slowly but surely sort of emerges. And for a lot of people, that's a real eye opener. They go, "Well, maybe that's something I could uh, have a go at." And for a lot of them, it's it's just a, a process they've never really thought about or seen. So as I do this, I also. In many cases, I talk about it in the same way, I guess, as Jesus uh, did with his parable, sharing parables. I believe in many of those parables, the original 
uh, telling of it. He was kind of looking at maybe a, a sower over in the fields, you know, sort of hurling some seeds out. And he, he said, look at that guy over there. And that was the visual model. And then he sort of then told the stories. They watched the sower. And then perhaps he was also looking at, you know, sheep. He was looking at flowers. He's looking at birds. And whatever it was that he was then, that was the visual. He was then wrapping that parable around. And so in the same way, I try to do something similar with uh, my art as it starts to emerge and many of my ideas and many of my art pieces come just from my love of nature I just love looking around at the colors and the texture and the the, our landscapes um, our flora and fauna there is just so much there that speaks of uh, uh, beauty and mystery and wonder and uh, life itself with a capital L I um, also then think that It's a way of talking about taking people to a a different way of looking at themselves and our connection with that sense of other or that sense of there's a a greater mystery here that's uh, calling me, that's that's touching my life every now and then. We give it the name God, uh, Jesus. Uh, For other people, they haven't even got to that point yet. But I'll sort of, for example, talk about this uh, process of uh, painting and I'll say, look, our, our lives are kind of like a, a work of art in progress. Just as I started with three very simple lines, and from those lines I have sort of started to layer colours on, and it has become more complex and uh, hopefully more interesting in the same way as I've broken my pastel. That's all right. That's, uh, that one was on the way out. In the same way, we can think about our own journey. And it's going to be different for every one of us because we are, we are all on a different, a diff, we have a different storyline. But it started with a, we started from day one. Uh, David was even very conscious it started even long before that uh, in the womb. And that journey of becoming more aware of who we are, becoming more aware of uh, the world that we live in, becoming more aware of the, the broader network of relationships, becoming aware of um, the different things that are going to cross our paths in life and how we kind of naturally respond to them. All that is part of what we call just natural maturity, growth, development, complexity. Uh, and it's also what I call, it's helping you become the work of art that you are. And each one of you, you might never have thought yourself as an amazing work of art, but I'll just put a little rider there. You're still in progress. There's still a lot more to be added. And the thing that I also try to get across, and I do it in different ways, is that, again, if you go to Psalm 139, David is contemplating that, that uh, creative process of becoming who he was. As he looks back, he says, you know, it's not me. <laughs> It's not me going, patting myself on the back and saying, look, look what I've done. There's someone else who's been involved. And he actually paints the image of, of an artist. God is like a, a weaver working on a loom, pulling those beautiful different colored threads together on the loom and creating that amazing tapestry. The other image is that of a person working, an artisan working with clay and just shaping and molding and creating that, that uh, whatever it is, that vase or that three-dimensional image. And David is saying that that is, that is uh, God is the one who's been working with us right from that, that early starting just point of uh, life, whatever it is, uh, whatever we want to call it, and has been 
with us in that process, helping to shape and mould and uh, create and us into our ongoing work of art. Now, you might, hopefully you can um, hopefully appreciate that just like there are many different styles of art and many different paintings, each one of you is different. And there are a whole range of different things that have gone into your life to bring you to this point. But when I go into a gallery, and there are some, I mean, there's a lot of artwork that I, that I just know. It's, just, it's way beyond my expertise, and it's way beyond, you know, it's a different style than me. But there are certain paintings that jump out, and they, they grab me. I'm not talking figure, you know, literally, but they, they just kind of go, whoa, what is it? It's, it's, is it the colours? Is, is it the subject matter? Is it the, is it the style? Is it, what is it that really I'm drawn to in this painting? What is it that it is kind of speaking to me? What's, what's inspiring me about it? And I think about it and I look at it and I, I wonder about those paintings. In the same way, there are people who I meet and I listen to their stories uh, or there are people who I've never met, but I read about them, and I, or I um, kind of hear, a, watch a documentary, and I get the same inner response. I think, wow, that person is an amazing work of art. And that person, their, their life is really inspiring to me. It, it resonates with me, and I, I would really like to think more about it and hope that something of, of that person's uh, life is kind of you know, part of mine as well. Now, those sort of people... Believe it or not, I mean, there's always the exception. There is every now and then that person who I look at who I just think, that person has everything that I'd really like. They're driving the flash car. They're living in that beautiful house down by, you know, the Sydney Harbour. Um, they've got everything going for them. But very quickly, I realise I don't know their story. And that could, be just, that could be just the outward image. There might be a whole lot of other stuff going on. But the sort of people who really do inspire me are those who come from all walks of life, but they're ones who have faced a challenge, who have faced a loss. They've suffered something really, really personal. They've faced a tragedy. They've faced a, a complex mess-up. They've faced a, a whole range of things that you sort of, uh, when you listen to it, you go, whoa, that's, that, is, that is really... Um, it could be any range of feelings from that's unfair, that's unjust, that, you know, why has that happened to that person... But the thing that inspires me about them is the way they have responded to it. And it's the way that they have dealt with it and incorporated that challenge, that mess up, that loss, whatever it is, into their lives. And in fact, I believe have become a much better person as a result. And they shine. And there's something inspiring about them that I want to hope that I am like them. I... Um, I'm going to just uh, just finish putting a few more bits of uh, movement down here. I'm just putting some surf in. Burley is famous for its surf. So I just quickly uh, put these waves in and then I'm going to, like, a, like a, a parable, but using this painting as the parable, I'm going to just illustrate. Let's just put a little bit of white on the waves first. Here we go. If you're into surfing, I hope you realise that most good sets of waves come into th in threes. So if you're ever out in the surf off a, off a point somewhere and you see everybody madly paddling towards the first wave, just let them go. Let them go for the second one. The best one's the third one. Um, it's the better wave to wait for. That's just from uh, my own experience. But let's come to this painting. 
It'd be like if I were to quickly duck out of this room for a cup of coffee because I do like my coffee and someone for some reason jumped up, grabbed the pastel and started to add a little bit more to my painting and uh, quickly just messed it up and sat down and I come back in. What do you think would be my natural response? Yes, thank you. Um, I'm glad it's not, oh, thank you, Jesus. It's, um, it, it would not be the first thought that went through my mind. Uh, I'm not, I haven't quite reached that level yet. Um, I think in colours, it would be initial red, uh, there would be anger. I'd be wanting to find that person and do some creative artwork on them, uh, but that's not appropriate. Then I'd move to the blue. And as I mentioned with the first uh, group, it's interesting, colours, I'm fascinated with colours and what they stand for. Uh, in our culture and uh, it's different in a lot of different cultures Um, but usually for us red stands for passion it stands for desire so you have romance and love you give red roses you give you know red crosses and that but it's also the flip side of it is rage and anger and I'm going to wring your neck uh, color the blue also blue for peace and calm and yes I'm going to meditate and just uh, you know be lots really cool here but it can also be sadness and depression. I'm singing the blues, I'm in the blues. And so I would go that way for the blue colour and I would be feeling a real sense of loss because whatever painting I do, I'm putting a little bit of myself into it. And if someone messes up with it, it, I take it personally. And I'd be uh, feeling anxiety, I'd be feeling stress, I'd be feeling um, a bit of pain and I'd be kind of all those range of blues and perhaps moving into that depression stage and then I'd move into the grey stage and grey for me just uh, represents Melbourne basically but no it's um uh, no that we do have some blue days occasionally but no grey in my psyche kind of represents just giving up well what's the point I'm gonna just if that's what you think of my art I'm gonna scrunch this up throw it away and I'm going home because uh, I'm going to give up now, of course, I'm talking more than just a painting. This is, for me, representative. It's in that parable sort of format. I'm thinking about life in its, in its huge, complex uh, variety of how we, we experience it. And there's going to be incredible colours that are part of our life. And there's going to be incredible moments of joy and heights. But there's also going to be, just part of our experience, there's going to be mess-ups. And those mess-ups come in all different shapes and sizes. There could be uh, just the uh, being let down and betrayed, finding a relationship unravelling. It can be having aspirations and dreams of going somewhere or being involved in something or being chosen for something and it just doesn't work. And someone else, you know, seems to just cut across their decision-making, their, their involvement uh, in our lives is just kind of just cut our, our plans from underneath us. And we're, we're kind of less wondering, where do, where do I go from here? It could be, of course, uh, financial, it could be health, it could be a whole range of, of real challenges that bring out the, just the natural angers that we uh, express in different ways. Uh, the, the sense of, uh, again, depression and loss and stress and anxiety. And mostly for me, I'd always quickly revert or my, my kind of default thing was, well, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to withdraw a little bit more. I'm not going to uh, give of myself as much. I'm just going to look after myself in my little corner because it's pretty painful out there when that stuff happens. But this is where I'm hoping that uh, you might give some thought to 
God's great mission. And there is uh, a number of uh, great, in uh, Hebrews you have this, what we call the gallery, the hall of fame. And uh, one of those is Abraham. And Abraham was someone who, when you think about it, had every right just to settle down and relax in his retirement uh, in Ur, which was quite a prosperous and pretty modern city in his day. But again, his growing awareness of God's movement in his life. I don't know how God revealed it to him, whether it was a gradual thing or whether it was in a dream or in a vision or whatever it was. But he sensed, as he said to his wife, um, we need to become, we're becoming the first nomaders. The grey nomaders, we need to move and go to an unknown land. We need to be on the road with no sense of really how it's going to work out. And God's given me a deep sense of a promise that I I can't get my head around because it involves having children. I mean, good grief, look at us. How's that going to work? And yet, the thing that he's known for is his trust in God. Just that simple trust. And so, he goes on that journey and he starts to become a, what we call a co-partner with God. God, for some reason, has chosen to work in and through us mere humans. And Abraham wasn't the only, I'm sure there are many others, but he's the one that you'll be focusing on at some point, that God was working in and through him to, un, to evolve and to unfold an amazing uh, plan that uh, he would never see fully developed, and it's still ongoing. That is, uh, the three great monotheistic theistic, uh, religions in the world come through Abraham. As Christians, it's Jesus who comes through Abraham's trust and willingness to go and it also is our challenge to take whatever God is doing in our lives our sense of what it is and to move from there to here to just not think about it and talk about it but actually walk it and that's the tough one but when you think of Abraham it didn't all happen smoothly for him he had his own card you know he he had the hand of mess ups and challenges whether it was uh, famines, whether it was wars, whether it was enemies, whether it was family fighting and uh, decisions that even he had made that just kind of was really messy. It wasn't a clean, squeaky life. And yet God was able to work in and through it. And what I'd like us to do for you just to watch and relax for the next three minutes, and I'm going to try and demonstrate that with this picture. I'm going to work with these mess-ups. And I'm going to try to illustrate that God's promise is not that these things do not come our way. But when they do, our response is to, yes, there's going to be anger and frustration and a sense of wanting to give up. But in the midst of that, it is to embrace whatever life is put in our way, but to embrace it with God's presence and to trust God in the midst of it and to trust that God, that we're tapping into a source, it's like a river of life, We can tap into a deep peace and a deep joy and a deep creativity and a deep courage that we know deep down does not come from us. Let me illustrate and then I'll finish with a thought. Okay. You can just turn that up a little bit more. I sort of like it to kind of get the blood going. Yep, thanks.
myself running short of time but I'll continue to put some colours on as I just ask you to consider from a few different perspectives uh, what I have tried to do here. From an art perspective this is um, simply me working, deciding to work with those mess ups and to include them in another layer that goes on to the painting and I believe that uh, hopefully the way you look at it uh, that it actually gives it more depth, more perspective and uh, in, in the art terms, this is actually called the foreground, and I've sort of turned this into the most uh, uh, visual and the most sort of dominant part of the painting, and it becomes a very different foreground. We're no longer walking along the beach, we're now at a higher vantage point looking down uh, through these trees across the water. From a natural perspective, uh, at Burley Heads, this is actually the second headland. There are two, and this is the main one that most people would go to. Um, and it's the one that I would often go to early in the morning when I was wanting just to uh, greet the day, the morning or the day in and to <coughs> sit up on this headland, sit on these rocks and look out through the pandanas. And it was my way of sort of centering myself and thinking about how I was going to, uh, you know, respond to the day and the things that I had sort of uh, knew that was scheduled down to do. But it was also the place that I would go to when I was facing my own set of disappointments, my own mess-ups, and they're going to be different for every one of us. But it was here that I would uh, sit on these rocks, and I knew that I had a choice. Either I stepped into that day uh, under a, a red cloud, and I just sort of share my negativity with everybody, or my anger or frustration, or I stepped into that day under a blue cloud and just sort of uh, be a, a whinger and a whiner and just sort of uh, say, you know, look how horrible things are going for me. There's nothing wrong with that. You need to share these things. But to let that be the dominant colour or to go for the grey and to just find a way out and to run away or to look for another, uh, just, just to withdraw from life and my engagement with others. But for me, I knew, have always sensed that when God works in your life, he's not only giving you an incredible uh, a sense of his presence and life and love, but he wants you to share that. And the more you experience of the God, the more you want to share it. But often we're sort of taught the only way he can share that is through words. And there's nothing wrong with words, but often people go, yeah, well, if everything's going okay for you. But when they're really looking is when things aren't going well or things are unraveling or when you're facing the same kind of challenges that they are, 
They want to know whether that faith and that hope and that life that we talk about is real for you. And they will be watching us. But the only place I find I can draw that kind of strength and that life from is from God. And so that's why I go to a place like this and I just say, God, I can't face this myself. I just want to hand it over to you. I want to trust you in the midst of this. I don't know how it's going to work out or unfold. I don't know where it's going to take me. But I I know that you are with me and you are worth trusting. And that for me is the way that I feel that we best shine the light. Um, And of course, there are many other ways, but people will notice. And I do trust that uh, in your own journey that you'll not only find what God has gifted you with and that you can use it in all its its different uh, varieties and ways, but also when those difficult times come, that you can trust that God is not only our creator, and we can look at what handiwork, uh, I used to say what has been done, but it's not, it's unfolding every day, it's new every morning, but also that you will know through Jesus that God is our recreator, he can bring good out of bad, he can transform He can change things, and that's uh, the beauty of it. Let's pray. We just thank you, God, for those uh, high moments in life, and we can sing and praise in the midst of just looking at uh, your creation and respond to it that way. But we also ask that you'll help us have the courage of faith to to draw near to you in those difficult moments and to not not, uh, cut ourselves uh, off but to uh, find uh, in those moments that you are also our uh, deep, deep source of life and joy and peace in the midst of and that you can bring good out of it and that you can transform, that you truly are the recreator. We pray this in your name. Amen.